Would you please turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, please, as we finish up our series on being a consumer or a producer. Now, this morning, I want to share with you the three P's of being a producer. You know, the Bible calls holiness beautiful, the beauty of holiness, to come worship God in the splendor of His holiness, in the beauty of holiness. Holiness is not a difficult word. Holiness is a wonderful and glorious word as we've discovered that it's literally the fruit of God's own nature, the fruit of His Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, patience, long-suffering, faithfulness, and self-control. That is beautiful, isn't it? Doesn't everybody just love the nature of God? And God put that in us to demonstrate to a dying world and to give it to a world. We found that through Adam and Eve that we suffered becoming consumers, always trying to consume to save our lives. When God said, I've got a better way for you, and that's to produce, to produce my life, which will give you life eternal. And that's glorious. And this morning I want to share with you three Ps that will help us produce the beauty of holiness. And so we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 20. This is the apostolic prayer of Paul. And Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. He's praying for the leadership. He's praying for all the people there. And in essence, he is praying For the church universal throughout all the ages and all the world. And in this apostolic prayer, he's calling for the church to produce the very nature of God. That's why we're here. Do you remember seeds beget the nature of that seed and reproduce? And so let's read what Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 17 to 20. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. Within this portion of Scripture, in this apostolic prayer, are three essential P's for the producer. For us to continue to produce the very nature of God that has been put in us, we need to do three things. As Paul said, I pray unceasingly. I pray for you. So the first P we need to do is to pray. Staying connected with God in fellowship, we pray. The second is to have purpose, to understand your identity. You're not going to walk in holiness if you don't identify with that holiness. You can't demonstrate the love of God unless you own the love of God. You can't demonstrate the joy of God unless you have the joy as your strength. You can't share the peace of God's own nature if you don't have a piece of His peace. You can't bring the patience of God to a situation if you are not in His perfect timing. 
You've got to own it, in other words, to produce it. And God put it in us, and He says He poured it into our hearts by His Spirit. His nature's in us. And so we have purpose. And last of all, we have power. The power. We're the only people on planet Earth that have the power to bring the kingdom of God to this earth that it may prevail in all of God's purposes. That's awesome, isn't it? And we're to be producers. God put us on this planet to produce. Take dominion and multiply. Be fruitful. And so we're going to be a people who are holy. I believe God is calling His church to holiness. I've been talking to pastors around this community, and it's amazing to me that how many are on this theme and on this topic. I had lunch just on Thursday with a person who was saying, holiness is the key for this year. And I said, brother, we're tuned into that dial. It is what God is calling out. And it is what is going to be separating the wheat from the chaff, those churches that are really not producing the gospel fruit. And there's going to be a people who will rise up and produce the fruit of God's own nature. Can I get an amen on that? I'm excited about it, aren't you? You're seeing it manifest in you. We're working this out on Wednesday nights. We're demonstrating and finding that love and that joy and that peace, the very nature of God in us. And so what we need to do is break down these three Ps. And so let's go back to the prayer and what he prayed. He said, I'm remembering you in my prayers. I give thanks that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having your eyes of your hearts enlightened. So what he's saying is prayer brings revelation and wisdom and knowledge. That's one of the essential keys. Wisdom, revelation, and knowledge that our hearts may be enlightened, that we may have an understanding of what God's purpose is. So prayer is what keeps us bearing fruit. Why? Because we abide in the vine. How many of you know that the fruit won't grow if it's not attached to the vine? It gets the juices from the vine. It gets the strength from the vine. It specifically gets the the sugar from the vine. The fructose comes through that tree and into that fruit. And so Jesus said this, and that's what prayer does. It keeps us connected to the vine. Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Do you know what a vine dresser does? He tends to those branches. He prunes them. He makes sure they produce fruit. And so Jesus said, I am the life. If you connect to me, I'm giving you the life. I'm giving you the life. And then the Father is pruning and cultivating the fruit in us. Putting us in situations to expand our capacity to produce more of His nature. Amen? And so Jesus said, I'm the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. What would you say God's after? Fruit. What is that fruit? Holiness. The Holy Spirit. The nature of God put in us. We have a list in Galatians 5.23. It tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. And the byproduct or the fruit of the Spirit of holiness would be 
holiness. So Jesus wants us to bear, Father is trimming and working with us to bear the fruit of His nature. We don't need a church full of nice people. We need a church full of holy people. We need a church full of people who manifest God's nature, not people's nature. We're done with this nature. We want to manifest His nature. And we are the only people on this planet that have the capacity to produce His nature. So Father is busy trimming and pruning. There's a dead branch here. Let's cut it off. And there's a reason for that. I'll go on. He says, Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, we can't produce holiness in our abilities. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. But what Paul found out, he learned, is that through Christ I can do all things. So prayer is keeping us to abide in Christ. To abide in Him. When we abide in Him, we have revelation, wisdom, and understanding. Revelation, wisdom, and understanding. That's what prayer does it keeps us in contact with god it's not just a matter of giving him our supplications our asks and our wish list it is staying connected to the vine and if you're connected to the vine what will you receive from the vine life and it comes into us for us to produce and so that's what prayer does and he will oh he said he'll prune us won't he We did a study on Wednesday night. Some of you weren't here. So uh, what we learned in pruning is this. There are two types of sugar enzymes in any growth, any tree, any any plant. One that is the, the sugar that builds the bark and the wood of the tree strongly in place. That's important because that keeps up the tree to get the sunlight, right? And then there's another food, fruit, uh, sugar, the fructose, that is specifically to bear the fruit of the nature of that tree. So when you prune the wood from the tree and the branches, extra branches from the tree, what happens is the fruit begins to focus, the sugar begins to focus on the fruit. Cut away the wood, you have less effort on the wood and more effort on the fruit you with me so if we cut away and prune the wood the tree the limbs the fructose begins to increase so it bears more fruit so we're not going to sow to the flesh anymore we're going to sow to the spirit so that we may reap from the spirit it's agriculture So prayer is sowing to the Spirit instead of sowing to the flesh. We abide in the vine, and as we abide in Christ, as we meditate on Christ, as we seek the revelation of Christ, and we seek to understand Christ, we are building the fruit of God's nature in us so we may produce it outwardly. 
And that's the first P, prayer. Prayer is more than just supplication. Prayer is meditation. Prayer is contemplation. Prayer is speaking. Prayer is hearing. Prayer is receiving. Prayer is listening. And this is all that God is doing in us so that we're connected to the vine, so that we will produce fruit. Folks, we got to pray. This is the hour when the church needs to display the very nature and glory of God, and we're never going to do it if we don't become a praying people. Because you can't produce it in your abilities. You can't produce it in your efforts. It's got to come from the vine, and from the vine out from you to the world. We need a revelation of who God is. We need a revelation of who we are. Amen? And you can only get that through the meditation of prayer. And being one with the Spirit of God. So the first P is to abide. And while we're abiding, we're being pruned so that we will bear more fruit. Anybody here been pruned lately? Got any wood cut off? Right? That wood, hay and stubble needs to be cut away for the deeper, richer things of the silver, gold, and precious stones, right? The very nature of God Himself coming out of us and birthing. Now, the second P is that Paul prayed for our purpose. He said, I pray for you that you'd have the revelation and the knowledge of God so your hearts would have understanding. But then he goes on and he says that you need to understand your purpose. He said this in Ephesians 1.18, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you and what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. There is a purpose. You have to understand that there is a seed in you of holiness that is God's own nature. You need to understand to what hope you've been called to. A seed that's planted will grow and bear fruit. You're planted at your place of employment. Did you know that you've been planted on that block in that city where you live? It's essential that you've been planted right next to those two neighbors and across the street from those other neighbors. How many of you know that God doesn't make mistakes? God, you have to understand the hope of your calling You are called. You have a purpose. You are a vessel of honor. Everyone in this room is a vessel of honor carrying the very nature of God. The hope is the expectation of His glory. Christ in you, the hope, the expectation of His glory or His nature. Christ in you is for you to bear the fruit of His nature to your neighbors, to your workforce persons, to the people you go to school with, to the people you walk around the block with, to the people you sit in church with. You have a purpose, and you have a glorious inheritance. Paul said you can't take anything with you except those that you've brought into the Lord. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? So there's an inheritance for us. Do you know what the inheritance for us is? The inheritance is the nature of God. Every promise God has made is yes in Christ Jesus to the amen of the church. And so we have a purpose, people. I hope you don't, I hope you don't come here for some religious reason, make you feel better. Man, we've got to get better than that. I mean, there's a lot of things that make people feel better. 
You need your religious fix to feel better, feel like a good boy and girl. Let's get past that. We're gathered here to find out our eternal purpose to the kingdom of God. We're here to get energized, to get rejuvenated, to get strengthened, to get motivated because seven days a week we are bringing the Spirit of God into every situation. We're bearing the fruit of God's nature. When you leave here today, you're on assignment. Wherever you go eat, you're on assignment. (coughs) You like that? We're on assignment that the person that is, is waiting on your table if you go out to lunch has, has waiting, been waiting for holiness to show up and she just didn't know what it looked like. She didn't know it looked like you. She didn't know that love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control was all dressed up like you. But you sat at that table where she's waiting on you and your assignment and your purpose is to bring the nature of God to her situation. And you get to eat while you're doing it. And when you're done eating, you go home and you either put on the TV, watch football, you go out, now it's spring, you can plant garden. A little too early, but what the heck, just do it anyway. Feels good out there. And your neighbor walks by with his dog, but he didn't know he was walking by a man with the purpose of the glory of God on him. He didn't know that he was walking by a woman that has the very nature of God coming forth out of her. Her hello is totally different from the hello from the neighbor down the road because your hello is packed with the blessing of God. And you say, isn't it beautiful? Let's give God the glory. Come on, your nature, the nature of God is pouring out of you. And God is pruning and saying, this is good, but you know what? There's some wood over here. you got an attitude issue. I'm going to cut that off so we can go into the patience of God. Because after that, you went to Kmart because they got 70% off over there. And so you're walking around Kmart for about three hours trying to find the one thing you need for 70% off. But you've got patience because people are elbowing you and knocking you around. But the glory of God, His nature just showed up in Kmart. People have been working there all day, standing in long lines, and they're tired of people complaining, but they didn't know Jesus was going to show up in you. You made it all the difference in the world when you showed up there. This is holiness. This is the church. Aunt Lucy calls, and she's having trouble in her marriage, and she doesn't know what to do. She called you, but she didn't expect to get Jesus on the line. She didn't know that the holiness of God was going to pour out of you because you've been in prayer and revelation, knowledge, and wisdom has tapped into you the very fruit of God's nature and you realize that today's purpose was to help Aunt Sally. Amen? I said Sally, didn't I? All right, I I thought it was Betty for a minute, but we're with Sally. Do you understand what I'm saying? This activation of God's nature is in us. This isn't Christianity that's religious. This is God's nature that's dynamic. It's coming forth and you have a purpose. You have a rich heritage of the saints, a great cloud of witnesses all around us that have gone before us and borne the very nature of God. Your smile carries the countenance of God's own smile upon you. His countenance is lifted up on you. You have a purpose today. Tomorrow when you get up, your, your, your day is filled with the purpose of God's nature being born and expressed. Now the third P we're looking at is power. 
I'm going to back up, though. I've got something else to say on, on purpose. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, if you can find it in the next 10 minutes. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter, right after James, after Hebrews. 1 Peter 3.15. You understand this verse. You've heard it a million times. Let me read it to you. Peter says this, But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy. That's the ESV, the English Standard. King James says, set him as king, set him as Lord, set him apart. In other words, Christ rules and reigns your heart. In your heart, set Christ as holy. We're studying holiness, aren't we? We're learning holiness. If Christ is your holiness, he sets you apart. He is what makes you holy. He's in your heart. He's in your being. And then because he's there, it says this, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, For a reason for the hope that's in you, do it with gentleness and respect. He says, look at Christ in you is holy. Therefore, you bear the image of holiness. And because you bear the image of holiness, you bear the fruit of holiness with his love, joy, peace, right? And people see you and they want to know, why do you have such a hope? Why do you have such a demonstration of this nature? They're going to come to you because I'll tell you what, in a dark world when a light switch is turned on and there's a candle lit or a a light bulb lit, people are drawn to it. And that's you. You've set Christ as holy in your heart. You live a holy life. Now people are asking you, why? Why? How come? And that's your purpose. You're a light on a hill, city on a hill. You're the salt of the earth. Jesus said you should let your light shine. What is the light that should be shining? Come on, what is the light that we should be shining? Holiness. What we've done is when we say we've turned everything into evangelism. We've turned, let your light shine. Well, I'm supposed to hand out tracts and say Jesus loves you. Now that's good. I'm not negating that. But can I tell you what the light is that should be shining? The very nature of God's own glory that's in you? You're evangelizing 24-7. You're the light. You are the representation of His holiness. And so as you're shining, always shining, always bearing His image, people are coming to you and saying, what's the deal? How is it that you are like this in this kind of a situation? And they said, you respond to them. You give an apologetic. That's where we get the word apologeo. uh, The idea of defending the faith. They ask you a question, you give a defense for the glory that's in you. Now, you don't have to win an argument in this, brothers and sisters. All right, we, we want to defend the position of the church. We want to defend the position of the Bible. And so we go back and forth. And that's good. That works in people's reasoning and mind. But don't walk away with your head down if you just didn't get the answers right. Because there's something greater than the answers. Because any answer without the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it isn't going to change a life or a heart. You can use all the reasoning and logic you want. But remember... They're not following reason and logic. 
And so what changes is the nature of God attached to how you're delivering the message. The very nature of Christ in your patience, in your gentleness, and in your good response to them. Look at what he says. Answer them what? With respect. Answer them, he says, with gentleness and respect. That's the fruit of God's nature. And in this, the very nature of God's attached to your answers. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you have to argue. Sometimes you press your point. But all of it should be through prayer and for the purpose of bearing the very fruit of God's nature. We've got prayer and we've got purpose. And last of all, we've got power. These are the seeds of being a producer. Prayer, purpose, and power. Paul concludes Ephesians 1.19 with this. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us? Remember, his prayer was, I want you to know, through wisdom and revelation, understand what your calling is and also the power you have backing you up. I like that. We're not out there on our own. We've got power backing us up. It's the power of heaven and earth. He goes on to tell you what this power of. He says it's immeasurable. The greatness of this power is immeasurable towards us who believe. In fact, let me tell you what it is. According to the working of His great might or dunamos that He worked when He raised Jesus from the dead and set Him at the right hand of the Father. Now that's power. That's the kind of power that conquers death, sin, and the grave. That's power. Do you know that you have power in your life to produce life and not to be under the power of sin and death? Do you know that the people of God should be worried about producing holiness and not worrying about the next falling into sin? If I'm worried about sin, I'm not producing life. But if I'm producing life, sin has no attraction to me. Right? Hey, come on over here and eat some dirt. No thanks. I've got this juicy orange I'm eating right now. (laughs) What do I want to eat dirt for? Because we all are. Maybe I should. I mean, that's the old way of thinking. That's the consumer. This dirt's good. It's got a lot of minerals, a lot of fiber. You should have it. No thanks. I'm sticking with this. I've got grapes and oranges and apples and kiwi i don't need none of that dirt i've got power to overcome sin church do you understand this you have the living power of god's own nature in us why why are we playing with this junk When I can produce the nature of God, what kind of power do I have? I have power over sin. And the power given to me is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He shall quicken or make alive your mortal body. This body. And that's not just the resurrection that we're going to experience, but right now, right here, I've got the power of the resurrection. But hold on, that's not it. That's not all of it. I mean, that's enough for Jesus to rise from the dead. But you need to understand how far it goes. It goes not only just from life into death, but exalted all the way up to the highest name that is above every name, seated in above the throne of God is the name of Jesus. 
That's awesome. The power that it caused him to ascend into the heavens. And he said, all authority and power is given unto me in heaven and earth and below the earth. Now therefore, go in that power producing producing disciples because you're going to immerse them in the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're bringing the very nature of God into every region and into every nation. God gave the Great Commission as an expectation of a task that shall be completed. You believe that? Do you believe? Could you believe? Could you believe? Catch this, catch this. Could you believe that the Great Commission could be finished in five years? God can do it, can He? Don't you want to be a part of that? That would be awesome. All of a sudden, there's just, we got churches on every corner. Half of them are dying, half of them are fading out. But what happens if all of a sudden God wakes the sleeping virgins? Wakes the church up because the bridegroom's ready, bridegroom's ready to come. And they wake up and trim their wicks. And all of a sudden, every church on every corner gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, you've got, you've got something more powerful that's already set up and already established in every land and every country that comes alive and begins to move with great power and force to where the church now goes into every nation and every place. God had an expectation that nations would come to Christ. He said, you go and make every nation, baptizing them or immersing them in the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. How are we going to do this? God's power is in us. Do you know what dunamos means? Dunamos is the word for power in the Greek. And dunamos is a word we get our explosive power of dynamite, dynamic, dunamos, dynamism. And the uniqueness about dynamite or dunamos in the Greek is that it means it is the power that is intrinsic to the nature of the thing. So what would be the dunamos, what would be the intrinsic power of a Christian? The holy, holiness, the Holy Spirit, God's own nature. The intrinsic power in a believer is the nature of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. That's the power that you have. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is what dwells in you. It's the intrinsic nature and the intrinsic power. Paul put it this way in Colossians 1.29. For this I toil or I labor struggling. How much effort did Paul put into it? When you use words like toil and struggle... How much effort have you put into it? Right? Now come on. Let's get serious for a minute. How much toil and struggle have you put in to your walk? You see, we want a walk of convenience. That's consumerism. We want a Christianity that appeases us, that's comfortable to us, that gives us all the benefits with the least amount of effort. Because Jesus wants us blessed. But Paul said, I labor. I toil. I struggle. But wait a minute, wait a minute. That's his effort. But he knows that apart from Christ, he can do nothing. So let me read you the rest of the verse. Colossians 1.29. You need to read that and have it tattooed on your chest. 
Colossians 1.29, For this I toil, struggling with all His energy, that He powerfully works within me. Did you get that? So what power is He working with? God's power. But His effort with God's power has Him putting His pedal to the metal. He's given everything he can to labor and to toil with his power. You got that? So it's not our ability. It's the dunamis of his nature. The dunamis power of his nature I'm going to put to work with all my effort and all my strength. That means I've got to get up in the morning. I've got to pray. That means I've got to spend time in the Word of God because I need prayer. I need to understand my purpose for today so that I can deliver with power the very anointing of His own nature into a situation. Through prayer, through purpose, and through power, we're going to soar to new heights. And that we have power to bring the kingdom of God to bear. Now, I believe God is going to stir us up to such a joy, such a love, such a peace, such a goodness, such a kindness of His nature, with such control over flesh and self, that we're going to produce such a powerful impact into this community because we bear the nature of God. Amen? That's awesome. I, I hear this testimony over and over and over because you folks are operating in this. I, I hear testimonies every day. People coming up to me, Pastor, I did this thing. I was at the store and I began to speak to people and I blessed people and I prayed for people and I laid hands on them. You should hear our testimonies. We've got this stuff going all the time. It's happening all the time. And, and it, what's interesting is, is people go, well, what church do you go to? I go, Christ Community Church. Oh, my friend goes to that church. Oh, I heard about that church. Oh, yeah, that's and that. Because something's stirring up in us. It's not about our church, Christ Community. It's about the body of Christ that's getting hold of the purpose of our being. You are beginning to bear the fruit of God's own nature. Well done, church. Well done. You are plugged in. Did you know that your power is a divine generator? You're plugged in to the very nature of God's holiness, and you're producing it. you got to watch out, though. This is 220 volts. High-powered capacity of God's own nature. And Galatians 2.20 says this, what? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but what? Christ who lives in me. That's the very dunamos of His nature and that's the fruit that I bear. I am plugged into Him and once you're plugged into a 220 socket, baby, watch out. I'm armed and dangerous. I'm armed and dangerous. How many of you want to be armed and dangerous against the devil? Are you not sick of that devil just stealing our kids? abusing these children, raping them, putting them into places that are just foolish, kids that are seeking stupidity, seeking answers through all sorts of crazy stuff, adults that are all burned out and wrecked because of what the enemy has done to them. Where's the church plugged into 120 volts? We take portions of what we want. We take just enough. We're dimly lit. 
I don't know, I I read this thing and I see a church on fire. I see a church with power. I see a church that goes out there that toils and struggles and labors with all His power to produce the very fruit of God. We're 220. We need to put the enemy to flight. How many of you are ready to do it? Come on. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We are producing the holiness of Christ's own nature. We bear that nature in us. And Romans 15, 13 says this in conclusion. May the God of hope, that's the fruit of His nature, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That's who we are. That's who you are. People who pray, you're connected to the vine. You understand your purpose, and now you go forth with power. That's the church in this day and in this hour. Amen? Amen. Stand up and let's get filled with God's Spirit.